Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Matos Chamishi, the fifth Aliyah in Pashas Matos. And the topic of our Aliyah today is the tax upon the spoils of Israel. So let's go a little further and there's a fascinating story that occurs in this Aliyah. But let's let's start off at the beginning. Our Aliyah is only 13 psukim long, running from Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Yilmembez to Nun Dalad. And we hear the following. We hear, already heard about the half of the spoils which go to the to the soldiers. We now hear about the half of the spoils going to the nation of Israel, of which a fiftieth is given as tax to the Levium. And we hear about the numbers of the half. So there's um, of the half of sheep is 337,500 uh, uh, three, uh, sheep, 36,000 cattle, 30,500 uh, 30, donkeys, and 16,000 humans. And of that, one fiftieth goes to Livium. The remainder goes and distributed among the population. Then we hear about an interesting story that occurs. The leaders of the soldiers present themselves in front of Moshe. See, these are the Alufim, these are the leaders of the army. And they come in front of Moshe Rabbeinu and they say, you know, we did a count of our troops and we found that no one was lost. This battle was incredible. There was not a single soldier lost. And in atonement for their lives being spared, they lay in front of them the gold found in their battle. Moshe and Elazar receive this gold. It adds up to 16,750 shekels worth, which is a significant amount of gold. And then we hear an enigmatic pasuk which says, The men of the army um, will be spoiled everything to them for themselves. And finally, we hear that this gold is donated to the Mishkan, it is going to be a memory in front of God. So a, a number of basic questions over here, and that is, why are the officers doing this? What's going on over here? So the most basic idea is, is that they realize their lives were spared, and this is obviously miraculous because in every battle there's always casualties, even the most well-tuned battles. And so they know that they, they, they really their lives are beholden um, to God, and so they're offering a kapara. That's the most basic level. The Malbim actually digs a little deeper, and he quotes the Chazal saying, that there's an external and an internal battle. The external battle was fought and won decisively without any casualties. But the internal war was also being fought. And the internal war is between the, we'll call it the spiritual part and the animal part of every human being. Because the animal part is waging war and is besieging the spiritual part. The spiritual part knows what the right values in life are. And the animalistic part is just seeking for indulgence and convenience and entertainment and enjoyment. And that battle is fought in a person on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis. And what is being described over here is that they did a count and they saw that even in the battlefield, they spiritually succeeded. There was not a single person that didn't lose anything in the battle against themselves as well, which meant that although what led to the whole battle with the Midianites was people not being in control of themselves and their relationships, they themselves, when fighting this battle, were in control of themselves and their relationships and the way they conducted themselves in enemy territory, in confronting even the women or the victims of the of the battle. They would they were they this was not um, they would not them let themselves go morally as well. That's what's being described over here. The Chizkuni actually quotes the Gemara and says that what they're saying is is that in action they did not let themselves go. So they regulated themselves, they controlled how they fought this battle was not with levels of immorality that, that are usually accompanied with battle. But in thought, they felt that they struggled, and so therefore they donate the gold as a dedication, as a kapora for the thoughts that might have gone through their minds in this battle as well. That's what's being described over here. So it's very much a spiritual cleansing battle as well. The, it is interesting to note that Rav Hirsch points out that the, the, the things that they are dedicating are women's jewelry. 
right? So the gold that they're dedicating, as described here, are women's jewelry, which specifically are addressed to the sin which got them to this battle in the first place, and what they're overcoming when going into this battle as well. So this is really about fixing what got them there in the first place. Now, do the individual soldiers keep their half of, the, of it? Because it seems a little confusing. That Pasuk um, of Pasuk Nun Gimel, each person in the army kept the spoils of for themselves. So the, the Mepharshim debate this a little bit. The Ibn Ezra says, and the Daesh Kedem says, no, this refers to the fact that as opposed to the animals and the humans, which were divided up between the people and the soldiers, any of the vessels, you know, were actually kept by the people themselves, excluding the gold, which was donated to the, the Mishkan. Rav Yosef Bechor Shor says no. That means to say that it was only the officers who dedicated their gold, but the regular soldiers, the privates, were um, were actually keeping their own gold. So it was the, those, the leaders, who felt the responsibility beyond themselves, who were the ones that are going out, out above and beyond. Now, what happens with gold in the end of the day? The Ramban explains that it was made into clay kodesh, it was made into the holy vessels, which is a remarkable thing. You see that the jewelry, which came from an immoral people, used in immoral ways, was yet able to be purified in the Mishkan itself, which is a very keen insight into how profound the process of tshuva and change can actually be, which is part of what the Zikaron is, the remembrance is for the nation of Israel. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.